0: Good morning. Welcome to the Bell and Pollock Legal Show. We are injury attorneys. Our law firm is Bell and Pollock. We're here every week. We do the show to educate you, to give you the information you need, to put you on a level playing field with the insurance company that's going to try to beat and defeat your injury claim. You know, we've been doing this for years. We try to cover a different injury subject with you each week. We could go on forever doing this on how insurance companies try to beat your claim. You know, if you're in an accident, a crash, it's not an ordinary day or event for you, but it is for the insurance company. They know what they're doing. They have their own strategies. They're well-trained. And so we're talking about you, the injured victim, and we're talking about the at-fault party's insurance company, the one who hits you, that party, that person, maybe rear-ended you, maybe t boned you that person, that person's insurance company, and we call them the at-fault parties. insurance company, they try to beat you from the very beginning. And we've done shows on that, and we even show you how they try to do it before the accident happens, and that's kind of an amazing show to listen to. Uh, but, But the one thing that they always do, they always do, is if they've got an injury case, an injured victim, they always check your Facebook page. We've also done a show on that. Okay, today we're talking about wrongful death wrongful death. It's a whole different area of the law. It's a whole different area and measure of damages. Those are legal words, measure of damages. What can you recover? How do you do it? Who can recover? Who has the rights to sue? Because, you know, when you have an, a death case, uh, as sad as it is, the the injured person might have lived for a while, then they die, or they might have died instantly. It becomes eventually a wrongful death claim, a wrongful death case. And so the injured person obviously has passed away. They're the decedent. They're not around to bring an injury claim anymore. So the whole flavor of the claim and the causes of action and the measure of damages and what you can recover is completely different. It's a completely different picture. And you you need to know the ins and outs. And so we're going to try to show you how to navigate this insurance maze on a wrongful death case. Uh, we hope you never have to experience one. They're, they're horrendous. They usually happen in big big rig 18-wheeler cases. They also happen on head-on collisions, etc. And they also happen in other types of collisions, wrongful death. And uh, before we get further in, into wrongful death, again, our usual example is a car crash, right? But, uh, or a motorcycle car crash, truck car crash, bicycle car crash, truck crash. But you can also experience wrongful death claims from medical malpractice cases by killing the patient. You can also experience wrongful death claims from, big, from premises liability. Maybe product falls on your head in a big box store, uh, kills you, that sort of thing. Wrongful death can also apply to ski ski areas, uh, avalanche uh, issues, ski issues. There are special statutes for those, and there are special statutes under the Healthcare Availability Act. So today we're going to talk about uh, car accidents and car crashes. Brad, let's talk first about, uh, you know, who has the right uh, in the typical example, you got husband and wife and then children. Who has the right, and it's an exclusive right, to bring this action?
1: Now, this is an important area of the law, and it's an important area that is unique to regular personal injury law. So if, if there's been a wrongful death, You've got to make sure you have an attorney who understands what's going on or an attorney who understands that they don't know what's going on and that they need to do the research and they need to check into what's happened or what what is required in a wrongful death case because there are some specific laws and specific rules that are going to change from just a regular personal injury case. And one of them is right here when we talk about who has the right to proceed with a wrongful death case. Uh, the, to begin with, unless uh, you have permission from the spouse, or unless you have a, a court order allowing it to be different for the first year, only the spouse has the right to proceed with wrongful death claim. Uh, this is by statute. Uh, we, we have to recognize is that for years, um, there was no, or back in the days, there was no right to recover for wrongful death. That's right. If somebody killed somebody, uh, due to their negligence, this, the, the heirs, the people available uh, at law, the, the, depended on that person, they had no right to recover anything. It's a creature of statute and because it's a creature of statute, we are required to follow the statute and we cannot really vary. Now there have been cases that have tried to interpret the statute, that have that have made comments about the statute and that have helped the statute evolve, but the bottom line is the law, the statute says in the first year the exclusive right is to the spouse and the spouse is the one who gets to bring the claim. This is important. You've got to recognize it um, if, in fact, there are other people involved that, that should be recovering due to the wrongful death. And you know, we, we've talked about this before, Gary. We, you have to think about mixed marriages nowadays when you have a situation where the, the deceased is married to somebody, but the deceased also had children that were not children of the, pers- of the spouse at the time of death. So now you've got children who may have competing or different interests in the spouse, and they all are looking to see what uh, may or may not be their rights. If the deceased was paying child support, if the deceased was, had a relationship with the children, if the children were minors, or if they're adults, and they are not the children of the spouse, then you're talking about, okay, who has the right to seek recovery and gain recovery? for the losses that are being experienced. And, and you know, it gets even more confusing when you have the common law marriage question and you have a deceased living with somebody and then um, losing their life. Uh, yeah. What should happen?
0: Right. You know, let's take an example. Our still, our example is husband and wife, and they have, let's say they have three children, but let's say husband was previously married, uh, a different marriage, and has two, two children from the previous marriage. Husband is then killed. Okay, so then the wife has the exclusive right in the first year to bring the action. That does not mean the wife who has the exclusive right to bring the action gets all the money. She doesn't. The money has to be di- and it has to be divided and distributed and the statute says it's owned by owned by the heirs at law. So the wife would collect the money in the lawsuit because she has the exclusive right to sue, the exclusive right to make a death claim if you don't sue, either sued or no no suit, she has the right to do it. Um, and so, but it has to be distributed in accordance with the statute. So the two children from the husband's previous marriage are going to want, uh, their portion. They lost their father and the, the three children from the present marriage are going to want their portion and they, and they lost, they lost, uh, their stepdad, or may, maybe it's a real father. Maybe it's a biological father in that marriage as well. So, uh, th- that's the first thing you have to cover. Now there's a two year statute of limitations on wrongful death. There's a three year statute of limitations on crashes, car crashes, but, this more restrictive two-year statute of limitations applies, uh, but you know, Brad, we've talked about this many times, and we've been through these cases before. Uh, you still have to prove uh, liability because there's many there's many defenses, and we teach and, and preach that you have to prove liability. But that just because there's a wrongful death case doesn't mean you automatically default over to the money, the damages.
1: Right. You have to that's why they call it a wrongful death and they don't just call it a death claim it's a wrongful death claim. The reason it's a wrongful death claim is you have to prove that the person who you believe is responsible uh, was it w- was responsible for the wrongful killing of the deceased and that's an important aspect that has to be looked at again you no. Know, I've said this many times when dealing in cases like this, if you are one of the heirs and even if you're the spouse, don't wait a year. You need to get on the case right away. It's you, you need to go through the grieving process. A lot of times maybe you need to get the attorney involved and say, okay, attorney, you start doing all this work and don't bother me while I go through the grieving process. Um, But you need to get an attorney involved because if you're waiting a year saying, oh, I can't do anything for a year, or if you're the spouse and you say, well, I've got a year that nobody else can do anything, you're placing yourself in a situation where a lot of the evidence gets lost. And that evidence is very, very important to to address. Um, you're also placing yourself in a situation where that money can can be otherwise paid out by the insurance companies. The insurance companies, when they look at these things, quite often are going to look and say, uh, if they think it's an open and shut case, they're going to be offering the money very quickly um, in a way that's good, in a way that's bad, but, and that money can disappear while you're waiting to figure out what you're going to do or if you're going to search your rights. So you need to get a lawyer involved very soon. And make sure that that lawyer understands the nuances of public, of, a, of a wrongful death case and how it's different, how the money is going to be paid, how it's supposed to be shared if it does get paid, uh, what effect is happening when the lawyer starts making a claim, how that affects the other heirs of law and, and what kind of notice needs to be given to him.
0: You know, later in the show, we're going to be talking about the, the measure of damages and, and what do you collect for, but we're not quite there yet. You still have to prove liability in these cases. You have to prove somebody was at fault. There was wrongful death as Brad just mentioned. So somebody was at fault. These can become difficult cases uh, because l- l- let's say, for example, there's a, somebody's killed in a car crash and sometimes the insurance companies say, "Well, yeah, they they died, but they didn't die from the injuries in this car crash. These injuries were not life threatening. They had X, Y, Z injuries. They all, but they say they had a preexisting condition. Maybe they say they're going he, he or she died of a heart attack. That was the real cause of death. That's that's how they defend these cases. A little bit different flavor than when the decedent is living and, and didn't die. And so, they, and then you can have a heart attack on both sides of the case." They can try to defend that we don't have any responsibility or liability to pay any money because our insured, the dra- fault driver who hit, hit you and killed the other person, our insured had a heart attack. Our insured had diabetes. Our, ins- our insured had a medical condition. And you know that's not always a slam dunk, but it's a fight because then you got to figure out were they non-compliant, Did they know about pr- propensity of a heart attack? Did they Were they on their medication? And so that's, that becomes a big fight. So the, the playing field on who's liable and why – Uh, can become quite complicated. You can call us anytime at 303-795-5900. That's 303-795-5900. In the mountains, you can call us at 970-870-8989. And you can go to our website anytime, anywhere. That's championsofthepeople.com. Championsofthepeople.com. You're listening to the Bell and Pollock Legal Show. We are injury attorneys. We have offices in Denver, Greenwood Village, and Steamboat Springs, and... For years, we have done cases all over the state of Colorado, including workers' comp cases. We help the injured victims put their lives back together again. Bell and Pollock, Champions of the people.com We'll be right back. When you've been injured, the last thing you want are complications. You don't want medical or legal complications. But sometimes the injuries just won't go away. The symptoms persist, your work is affected, and your life is affected, and you hoped it would just all go away. Worse yet, the insurance company won't pay you. Sometimes, the strongest thing you can do is ask for help. I'm Gary Bell of the law firm of Bell & Pollock. We can give you strength when you need it. Legal strength to fight the insurance company and legal strength to get your life back together again. At Bell & Pollock, we have over 25 years of experience representing injured victims just like you. You need attorneys who actually care about you. Attorneys who are experienced fighting these insurance companies. Welcome to the law firm of Bell & Pollock. We are injury attorneys who care about you, the injured victim. Our website is bellpollock.com or championsofthepeople.com You can find Bell & Pollock on Facebook and you can follow Bell & Pollock on Twitter. Bell & Pollock, true champions of the people. 303-795-5900 One call, that's good morning welcome back to the bell and pollock injury show our law firm is bell and pollock we are injury attorneys we have offices in denver greenwood village steamboat springs and we do cases all over the state of colorado you can call us anytime at 303 795 5900 or you can go to our website anytime, championsofthepeople.com. That's right, our website is called championsofthepeople.com. It's an information loaded website. Brad, let's talk a little bit about money damages and ex- let's explain to everybody what, what you can recover in a wrongful death case. You got non economics and economics, so let's lay that out.
1: Right. Um- wrongful death case, uh, you're going to look at a number of things. And the first thing you're going to do is find out if the deceased, the person who was killed, if that person was responsible for the support of somebody else or anybody else and to what extent that person contributed to that support. Uh, Colorado uh, considers the net pecuniary loss rule, and that's saying if you're a person who is relying on the deceased, for money in the form of support, or if you could have relied on them in the future, then you can calculate out what those losses are. Those are called economic losses. It's it's a simple um, process of determining to what extent you were relying on that person to determine if you're entitled to any recovery. It's a difficult process in determining what the pecuniary loss is. What is the monetary loss that was experienced? Because that's a different story entirely when you start trying to calculate it. Uh, A lot of times you're going to hear from defense counsel and they're going to argue, well, the person wouldn't have had the money to to uh, to contribute. Here's what their life was headed towards. Here's what their income was was headed towards and you can't just assume they would have had that money available. Uh, So there's the first step. The next step is um, when you, when you start talking about the damages you're entitled to recover, you're talking about re- uh, recovering non-economic losses, and this is for the grief, this is for the loss of companionship, this is for the loss of a person, uh, this is for the loss of your father or your mother, or for the loss of your husband or your wife, or your or your child. And you can see right away when I start talking about a child, if it's a minor child, then the the question of a net pecuniary loss, how much money does a parent think their child is going to give them in the future when you start talking about financial losses, uh, economic losses. The non-economic losses, though, the grief that you can go through of, of a parent losing their child can be tremendous. And in that situation, we start talking about uh, the, the non-economic losses. And those non-economic losses, they have caps. They have limitations.
0: Right. And the caps are, are designated by statute that was passed by the legis- leg- legislature, heavy lob- heavily lobbied for and paid for, as we like to say, so there are caps. And what do caps mean? That's the maximum amount of money you can recover for a category of damages, period, paragraph, the maximum. And you might say, well, that's right, that's wrong. It is what it is. And so they originally started off with a statute. Um, And by the way, you know, in in the common law, there was no action for wrongful death. You couldn't do it. And then uh, statutes were passed in all the states to allow. Uh, actions for wrongful death. So there's a statute capping the amount of non-economic damages. uh, And so it started at $250,000. And you might say, wow, what? I mean, it's capped at $250,000. Then it's indexed and increased every year by a certain uh, economic index. And so right now the cap on non-economic damages so that's damages other than lost wages, earnings, earning capacity, et cetera. That's, as Brad just said, that's loss of a society, affection, uh, love, companionship, loss of a loved one. The cap right now is $436,070, $436,070, and it will be indexed and increased every, every January approximately. And so that's the cap, and insurance companies know it. And, you know, Brad, I think a little bit of confusion. Uh, people, I don't think people realize that when you, you have a death, when you have an injury case, you go collect the money from the insurance company. But when you have a death case, it's a wrongful death case. It's wrongful death money. It's wrongful death cause of action. And the same insurance policies apply to wrongful death.
1: Right. Uh, and you're going to be using a lot of the same proof. Now, uh, there may there may be circumstances under which you don't want to get up on the stand and talk about the, how it affects losing your child or losing your loved one or losing your spouse or losing your parent. There could, be, there could even be circumstances where uh, people are estranged and they're not, they're not really in contact with that person and they, they didn't have contact with that person. And under those circumstances, you also have an alternate cap. And you have an amount that's called salation, which allows you to simply collect $87,210. Now, this becomes a really difficult process because if we had more time and, and we could go through it more thoroughly, you, you have to understand that we're dealing with um, the, the rights of all the heirs at law to collect this money. Not just you. So, if you and your brother and your sister have lost your 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 parent, then the question is: Do you accept the salation amount of eighty seven thousand and share that among the heirs, or do you go for higher amounts, the four hundred thirty six thousand, and share that among the heirs? And the statute's pretty clear that when that happens with the heirs, children, children, that you're you're going to end up splitting it in equal shares. Now that's different because there's been some changes to the statute when it starts talking about parents, but that took a change to the statute to address it.
0: Right. You have different measure of damages depending on who died. If a child died, it becomes more complicated. If a husband or wife died, we're covering that particular example here, right? So if your uncle died, and and it depends on the heirs and the intestate succession statute, so I'm not going to go through that right now, but it's very complicated. That's why you need an attorney. You can give us a call anytime at 303 795 5900, that's 795 5900 in the mountains. You can call us at 970 870 8989. And our, anytime, anywhere, our website, championsofthepeople.com. Now, let's talk about money damages. On one side of the ledger, on the left hand side of the ledger over here, we've got the non economic damages capped at $436,070. Is that all you can recover? No. If the person that was killed, the decedent, was a breadwinner. That's what that's what the legal word is, breadwinner. They were giving money to support somebody, families, wife, children, anybody else, then you can recover for the economic losses. Let's say Let's say Brad, somebody is thirty-two years old and they're wrongfully killed, head-on collision. And we're gonna, we're, we're going to, if we have time, we're going to get the bar liability and drunk driver liability and punitive damages. But thirty-two years old, killed in a in a head-on collision, they had a, a, a children of uh, three years old and five years old, and they left a the wife. They're a breadwinner. So, what was that person's life expectancy? Let's just say it was another thirty-eight years. And so you're gonna you're gonna be able to prove the earnings over thirty-eight years reduced to present value.
1: Right, and then you're going to be talking about what contribution that would have been made to the children and to the spouse obviously the, the contribution would have been if the spouse especially was a, was a, a homemaker the other spouse that's going to be uh, a, the full amount of money earned is going to be used for the household for the household gain uh, and there's going to be a you're going to have that pecuniary loss the net pecuniary loss that's going to be uh, determined and you're going to be saying this is the amount of money that would have been contributed towards the family um, and that money is compensable if there's a source to get it from. Right, like insurance. Insurance. If there's no insurance, then that money's not compensable. Well, even if it's compensable, you can't find it. It's not you can't there. can't collect it. Yeah, so, you know, you you hear quite often, um, and it seems like uh, when you hear quite often about these big verdicts or whatever, you've got to understand that everything revolves around whether or not the person has the, the committed the wrongful death the cause the death, whether that person has the assets or the insurance, to be able to to make up for the losses that were sustained.
0: Right. Uh, you have to go through the measure of damages. And, and as we said on the show already, it depends on who was killed. I mean, it sounds kind of uh, gross, uh, but it is a fact of life. You have to figure, the, figure that out, and your attorney has to figure it out. You can call us anytime at 303 795 5900 that's 795 our website, championsofthepeople.com. So on the left side of the ledger, you've got the non-economic losses, $436,070 right now, and on the right-hand side of the ledger, you've got the economic losses. Let's say this, this, this breadwinner of 32 years old uh, was going to have a life expectancy of 38 years, and they were going to make uh, between seventy dollars and $100,000 per year average for the rest of their life, per year. And then so you, you calculate that out, and you have to go through an economic calculation to reduce it to present value, what is it worth right now, and then that's what you can collect. But you have to have insurance to cover it, cover it. and we've done shows on how do you find insurance, what do you do, how do you, how do you prove this. And sometimes people hit you, and they don't have any insurance, and that's why you want to read our books. On hit and run, and that's why you want to read our books on insurance coverages. We have a new book out; it's on our website, free, the definitive guide guideline to Colorado insurance. Because you just see right now, if you if your loved one is killed and the person who killed him has no insurance, what do you do? And we've told you you need to raise your UM limits as, as high as possible. Uh, l- Brad, let's talk just a little bit about the fact of punitive damages. You can now get punitive damages in wrongful death cases. You d- didn't used to be able to. And uh, let's talk about felonious killing. Uh, maybe let's take a drunk driver example because it's absolutely fascinating.
1: Well, it is because uh, you have a fu- uh, if if it's commission of a felony, if it's commission of a felony, then you start changing the limitations to four hundred thirty six thousand seventy dollars, and you're entitled to get more money. But it's not in the form of punitive damages. It's not punitive damages, it's, it's raising the cap, it's changing the cap, which is important when you start saying, okay, can I get the insurance company to pay for it or can I get other sources to pay for it? Then you have the other side where if it's a willful and wanton act that uh, rises to the level of punitive damages, you can get money against the perpetrator, the person who caused the wrongful death for punitive damages, which has no more than a, the only cap on that really is normally one-to-one relationship with the actual damages. And that amount of money has to come straight from the person who caused the death. And that's where that money will come. So You can once again have completely different sources or completely different classifications of the monies that need to get paid for the same wrongful death and for the same willful and wanton or felonious act.
0: Right. And, and so let's explain what a felonious killing is and why does it make a difference? It makes a huge difference. If you, Number one, if you have a felonious killing, meaning somebody drove their car, they, they, they were committing a felony, drunk, crossed the center line, head-on collision, then there is no cap on non-economic damages. The cap is gone. Okay, but what is a felonious killing? Because a felonious killing means that there's a felony. Uh, so you got murder one, that doesn't usually work. Murder two, that doesn't work. But what does work is the statutory definition in Colorado of manslaughter. And and the important point here is the driver, the outfall driver, doesn't have to be convicted criminally in a criminal court of manslaughter. Just have to meet the elements. The definition of manslaughter by eighteen three one oh four, our statute in Colorado says a person commits the crime of manslaughter if such person recklessly causes the death of another person. So if you can prove in the case that the person the outfall person was driving recklessly and recklessly cause the death, then you can remove the cap from non-economic losses and you can go after this case. And that's what good attorneys um, do. You're listening to the Bell and Pollock Legal Show, Gary Bell, Brad Pollock. You can call us anytime, 303- 795-5900. 7955900 that's 7955900 our website champions of com. right after the break if we have enough time we're going to get into bar liability and how does wrongful death apply to bar liability we'll be right back. When you've been injured, the last thing you want are complications. You don't want medical or legal complications. But sometimes the injuries just won't go away. The symptoms persist. Your work is affected. And your life is affected. And you hoped it would just all go away. Worse yet, the insurance company won't pay you. Sometimes, the strongest thing you can do is ask for help. I'm Gary Bell of the law firm of Bell & Pollock. We can give you strength when you need it. Legal strength to fight the insurance company and legal strength to get your life back together again. At Bell & Pollock, we have over 25 years of experience representing injured victims just like you. You need attorneys who actually care about you. Attorneys who are experienced fighting these insurance companies. Welcome to the law firm of Bell & Pollock. We are injury attorneys who care about you, the injured victim. Our website is bellpollock.com or championsofthepeople.com. You can find Bell & Pollock on Facebook and you can follow Bell & Pollock on Twitter. Bell & Pollock, true 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 champions of the people 303-795-5900 one call that's all good morning welcome back to the bell and pollock injury show today we're talking about wrongful death brad let's say somebody's in a bar and the bar overserves them and they serve they violate the statute by serving a visibly intoxicated person. That person goes out, uh, gets in a head-on
1: collision, kills somebody else. Uh, is there any liability for the bar and
0: how does that work?
1: Sure, there can be liability for the bar under the Dram Shop Act of serving an an, uh, uh, an intoxicated person an obviously intoxicated person. That bar then becomes responsible, but it has a cap to the amount it's responsible, and that's to two hundred eighty thousand eight hundred ten dollars. The other thing you've got to remember is that bar statute of limitations is only a year. So now you've got from the death, you've got a year to try and get people into the case. You're saying, I've got a year to get people in the case. I can't even start the case in a year. You better get a lawyer involved. You better get a lawyer taking care of this case, because if not, you're going to lose a source of recovery.
0: Right, and some people, two, three, four months go by, six months, eight months. It becomes very problematic to bring an action against the bar when you don't have time to plan it. One-year statute of limitations. Bell and Pollock, go to our website, championsofthepeople.com. Gary Bell, Brad Pollock. We have over 30 years of experience each helping injured victims and their families. Call us at 303-795-5900. That's 795-5900. Championsofthepeople.com. We'll see you next week.